Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many was glad when they said unto me, tonight you get to go to church? Praise the Lord. So good to see you all. Missed you. Missed you. So appreciating the brothers that was coming and helping us during the services. And me and Brother Darrell was talking about it back there in the office before we came out. How the Lord just moved in these services when there wasn't hardly nobody here. The presence of God was just incredible. It was just absolutely incredible. Preachers that's used to preaching to people all your life. I've been preaching to people for decades. And when you walk out there, ain't hardly nobody there. It's different. And the Lord has to compensate for you and really help you. Amen. Brother Donnie, I was amen yet. Well, I didn't hear you. Amen. Well, I was with you. Well, I sure didn't see you. You see, there's something about us together, working together. That's the way God made it. So we're so happy that we're able to be back together again and longing for the day when we can all be back together and forget social distancing and mask and all that sort of thing. You know, it hadn't been six or seven months ago if you'd have pulled up in a bank window to make a deposit with a mask on, you'd have got arrested. Now, if you ain't got one on, you won't get arrested. So these are not normal times, are they? We're living in, in different times. Sunday after the end of the service and I started to walk off the platform and I got to the door right there and the Spirit of God spoke something to my heart. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, speak to you tonight about it. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives, or as the original Hebrew says, women, not wives, but women, of all which they chose. Now notice who's doing this, actually sons of God, which was sons of Seth and the daughters of men. Two different categories of human beings on the earth. Now say what you want. This is what your Bible says. Sons of God and daughters of men. So there's two separate races on the earth at this time. And the sons of God enter into this compromise state. And this is, of course, after the rapture has taken place, when the full effect of this is transpiring. Enoch is already gone. They were fair, and they took them wives of all of such which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in, unto the daughters of men. Notice this now leaves the word marriage, all that totally, completely out. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, 
men of renown. Now this is, of course, when the giants come in. The mighty, the word mighty there is Gabor, which is one of the names of God, El Gabor. So it was a time when people were so interested in making a name for themselves. No matter what they sought to do, and they were actually being worshipped as heroes. Uh, sort of reminds you of basketball, baseball, football, politicians. Same thing today. Preachers and whatever more. Notice in verse 5, And God saw the wickedness, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, not just his head, but the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now this is where that we'd like to go tonight if the Lord will help us. Let me read something to you from the message that Brother Branham had preached in 1953. Now listen to this, 1953. It's the spirit of anything that does the work of it anyhow. The people have to be in this kind of a spirit to bring the latter days. The peoples in the spirit of the latter days. The nations are in the spirit of the end time. They've got atomic weapons, hydrogen weapons, all kinds of things, because it's the spirit of the day. The people are in the spirit of the end time. The church is moving together under the power and the impact of the Holy Spirit. And the world's running out yonder, making fun, scoffing, laughing, living like the devil every day. It's in the spirit of the thing. So I want to speak to you tonight on getting in the spirit. Every one of us are. Everybody on the face of the earth is getting in a spirit, but everybody's not getting in the spirit. Every church member, even folks that don't even believe in God, they're getting in a spirit. But the question is, which spirit are we getting in? How many like to be remembered tonight before the Lord as we pray? Let's just bow our heads together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. That we've been granted once again the opportunity when saints can assemble together. It's still not normal for us, Lord. It's still not like we wish it was. But we're grateful, Father, that we're able to assemble. We pray, God, that you would just help us. Father, you see the state that we're in. Our world, our nation, our country. God, we're asking you tonight to help us. In days gone by, it would have been appropriate to pray, God, stop the evil. God, stop the advancement of how these things are happening. But we're so far along now, Lord. It would be contrary to your program for us to pray for perfect peace to return to the earth. It would be wrong for us to pray that our land would ever be brought to a place of complete miraculous healing. It's too far gone. 
It'll only be that when you come on the earth again. But we do pray, Lord, for temporary easement for your children's sake. Oh, Lamb of God, we love you with all of our hearts. Minister to those that are sick, those that are weary, those, Lord, that are struggling with whatever things in their life. May you help them tonight, Father. Help me to get out of the way, Lord. Use me, I pray. Speak through these lips of clay the words of life in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saint said, Wow. Ain't that so pretty? Would y'all just say that again for my sake? Amen. Now, you just not believe how much better that sounds than 10. These brothers here, they'd do everything they could to get so loud, but nobody can take your place. God bless you. You may be seated. Getting in the Spirit. Well, that can be a wonderful thing. When mortals are allowed to get into the presence of God, and become changed for a moment. When a man can become anointed to be able to speak the words of life, when a human can become so anointed in praying for people and you lay hands on them, you don't have a clue. You do not have a clue what they need. But all of a sudden, it's like another person inside of you begins to pray through your mouth. And then you get a text from them after church or an email or a phone call, and they're wanting to know how you knew what they had prayed about before church. It's wonderful to get into the Spirit like that. It's wonderful when we come in and sit down and maybe the day has been hard-pressed and it's been difficult and you've not had the time to pray like you want and you've had to rush home from work, eat your supper and get you a quick shower and come to church and your mind's all muddled up with all sorts of things and you're praying, God, please help me. God, move, please. Oh my, the music starts, the singing starts and something starts changing inside the atmosphere and then it starts changing inside of you. And all of a sudden, you move into another world. You move into another sphere. What's happening? You're getting in the Spirit. That's the bright side. That's the side of daylight. That's the side of S-O-N, light. But there is also another side. Because we know there are three realms above us, three below us, and we are caught in the middle in this stream of time. At one time, all of us were definitely more sensitive to these three realms beneath us. We were born that way, born unregenerate, born lost. It was just much easier for us to be identified in this, this world that we don't see it, thank God. We are very, very limited in being able to tap into that. But yet we look back and see that our lives were motivated by it. 
But one day from this world appears something beyond that begin to pull on us and draw us into a world that was beyond what was our normal. And it finally led us to a new birth to where that we were totally changed. Now it does not mean after that change that we break so free from the three realms below us that we cannot be affected. This is the part of the paradox of you being a super sign. That once you are changed, appears the super, but you're still natural. Your body can get sick, which comes from these three. You can get under depression, which comes from these three. You could absolutely lose your mind, be totally insane, and fill with the Holy Ghost at the same time. Because this realm affects your mind, your psyche, your body, your health, your thoughts, and so on. But these up here affect your soul, your spirit, and your body, but your body isn't sealed. Your spirit isn't sealed. Only your soul. Now, everyone that is truly converted and comes out from under the kingship of these three realms, for everyone that comes out, there's millions who are still in there. And as the power was released in the opening of the seals, and a great thing took place in the heavens that matched what was taking place on the earth. There was also the lid tore off of the kettle from hell. Demon powers streaming in every direction. Now I'm sure if you've been saved for very long at all, you know that in the last six months or a year, it seems like every way you turn, everybody you talk to, everybody is having something that they are going through. Amen. Or some things, I should say. And you don't get over one till two more come back in their place. And you get through them two, and three more come back in theirs. And then you think, Lord, how in the world can we get through these things? But by His grace, we do. We look around and we say, praise God, he's kept us every step of the way. But we know that there is a great onslaught. And we're not the first ones to deal with it in this realm. Now where we read from, of course, there in Genesis 6 up to Genesis 7 is called the antediluvian age or period of time, which means anti-a-n-t-e, and then diluvian, two words put together which simply means pre-flood or before the washing away. And it was like there was something happening on the earth. Now, our God is not cruel. He is not wicked. He is not mean, right? He is not evil. For wonder what kind of a condition that the earth would have had to been in for God to order the total annihilation of millions of people at one time. Now, this never happened because God got up one day and was in a bad mood. And God got up on the wrong side of the bed. No, God ain't never done that because he ain't never laid down. God don't get tired. 
God don't have them things the way we do as mortals. But actually, God's response was a reaction to the action of the people. Now, it was bad because it was a lot of Cain's race. But actually, friends, if you understand it, it was not just Cain's race that brought the flood. It was the fallen state of the sons of God. Listen to this in question and answers. In the antediluvian world, in the destruction when millions times millions and billions of people was upon the earth and God sent an old holiness preacher out by the name of Noah and he preached 120 years and told them to come into the ark and all that didn't come in that ark would be destroyed and God Almighty who had the controls of the heavens sent down the rains that utterly destroyed millions of old people of young people of little babies scrambling and perishing in the water. What would make a loving God do such a thing? Old people, young people, babies. Babies who had never got drunk themselves. Babies who had never got caught up in the sensuality of that day. And the lust and atheism. Babies had never got involved in it. But yet, babies, thousands of children were washed away in the flood. Why? Their children, they were children of those who had forced the hand of God. And their parents were to blame for this element of wrath. Now, let's skip ahead a little bit over to the tribulation period. When the rapture comes, there will be all kinds of children that will be left on this earth to go through the tribulation. They won't have God to blame for it. They won't have us to blame for it. They'll have their parents. They'll have their pastors or their grandparents or those who taught them there was no God. They'll have their professors in their colleges who taught them only the weak need something like God. Well, I'll call your attention back to what David said about you. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You call me weak, I call you what David said you were. So don't blame God. Don't blame the righteous preachers. It was not Noah's fault. It was the fault of these parents for raising their children this way. So thousands, maybe tens of thousands, we don't know for sure, but there were millions of old people, young people, children, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, six months old, two years old, three years old, that were drowned in the flood. Whose fault? Their parents. Notice this in God and simplicity. 
at the end of the antediluvian world, what happened? Lord, have mercy, children. They were all lost. They were religious too. Now you imagine millions of people lost in one event. And only a man and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Eight people out of millions were saved. Why? Eight people got in the Spirit. While millions got in the Spirit of darkness. Now, the sad part about it is that many of those that perished in the antediluvian destruction, they were actually called sons of God. Now remember, this was not sons of God by experience or by seed. This was son of God by a claim title since they were sons of Seth. They were not sons of God by nature. They were not sons of God by seed. It was merely a title. So here were people on the earth saying, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a son of God. They said, I don't have to live that way. If I want to marry a daughter of Cain, that's up to me. Ain't no preacher going to tell me how to live my life. I'm a son of God, bless God. Them sons of God drowned in the waters of the flood just like the sons of the serpent. As a matter of fact, it was more their fault than it was the serpent's seed. Lord Jesus. Notice this. He said certainly they were. But you see, God sent Noah. Caught the humble, the simple, taking them up, and Cain's children was destroyed. Now, the word antediluvian, anta means before and diluvium, which is the Hebrew word, means a flood. So here it was, this period of time, and God, in dealing with Noah, made an allocation of 120 years. But remember, up to this particular time, that men were living 500 600, 700, 800, 900. Methuselah, the oldest man that we know of in the Bible, lived to be 969 years old. And his name, Methuselah, meaning after his death will come the deluge, which they say he died the very year that the flood came on the earth. So now you can imagine how that sin hardens people's hearts. And this would make people, Brother Darrell, the longevity of their life would make them even more hard-hearted. Look how hard-hearted that people become in this day 20 years old, 25 years old, 30, 40. Can you imagine if people lived to be 500 years old? 
600 years old and they heard preachers you better quit you better give your heart to God you better get right with God you better get straightened up my grandpa heard him 700 years ago my grandpa smoked and cussed and lied and cheated and stole and he was, he was dog drunk today. He was died and healthy as an ox and nobody, no preacher ever bring no judgment on him. He was 789 years old. You imagine the longevity of life, how it instills such hardness in her heart. But God said here, now notice, all of those then that were born in this time frame, now the age of man's life is going to start changing. Now, no longer will man live to be 400, 500, 600, 700, but it was reduced to 120 and then brought down to three score and 10, which is 70. Why? God, notice as the earth becomes more polluted and more corrupt, what's the expectancy of man's life? It don't get longer, but shorter and shorter. You see, only the Spirit of God can move on man's heart and break this. Notice in Genesis 6-3, the Bible says, And the Lord said, My Spirit, my Spirit, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Only by the influence of the Spirit of God is there any hope for any mortal of ever breaking loose of three, three dimensions. You're a miracle sitting here today if you have a desire to serve the living God. I said you are a miracle. If we were left to our own, own demises, there is no telling what every one of us in this place tonight would be were it not for the grace of God. If it were not for the mercy of God, look at what some of your siblings are. Look at what some of your cousins are, your aunts and your uncles, and see what runs in your family tree and your chromosomes and your DNA, and you might get a pretty good idea of what you would be. Why are you different tonight? God's mercy and grace. That's why oh brother Donnie I'm this I'm that you ain't no better than an uncle or a brother or a grandpa or anybody else it's the grace of God oh that's exactly why we are what we are tonight because God moved on our hearts and as God moved for Noah in that day so our God is moving for his elect in this hour and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord may I say to you tonight I have to Praise be to God. How many can say that about yourself tonight? I have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh my. God's spirit is on the earth. Notice in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. 
and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continued. Now notice this is what they thought about all the time. It was just constantly evil. They got to a spot they never had room in their minds and the intent of their heart. They never had room for good thoughts. They never had room for kindness. They never had room for generosity. They never had room for turning the other cheek. You know, all the things that we live by, it was from the time they woke up in the morning until they went to bed at night, it was constantly evil. It was constantly and perpetually evil and they got worse and worse. Notice God saw the wickedness. Look at this word wickedness. It means bad, disagreeable, malignant, worse than, worst. Worse than worst. Now, the man that lived upon the earth in this time frame, can you imagine what an awful character that Moses catches here in Genesis 6 when he writes this? And he said that the inhabitants of the Andalusian world, that they were constantly going around and they was being dishonest. They was breaking every law of morality and they were living so ungodly. Oh my, some of the history that I've found in reading of this, it wouldn't even be becoming for me to read it to you behind this pulpit because they become so wretched and so vile. Did not our Lord say as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They were so lost in sensuality and in the things of the world that they were totally caught up and doing whatever they desired to do. So they sensualized and brutalized and they offended and they were violent and they were wretched. And my, they had no love for God, no love for man. They were brutal. They were violent. Look, children, look where we are in our nation. How many of us six months ago would have ever thought we would have seen in some of our cities that we love and we thank God to be an American and live in America, but how many of us would ever thought we would have seen some of the things that we've seen? Can you imagine the, 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 the sanity of people's minds that they want to get rid of all the police? Well, I can understand the mafia want that. I can understand gangs wanting that. I can understand criminals and robbers and all that. I can't understand a person in the right mind wanting to get rid of all the cops. Well, sure, that's easy for some of them politicians to say because they got armed guards that follow them everywhere. That's easy for some of them Hollywood stars to say to take your guns away from you because they have hired guns that follow them around. I say some of these folks need to go to some of these mayor's house and some of these governor's house and some of these rich folks' house and some of these Hollywood stars' house and you'll find out who's the first one to call for 911. And they won't want a clown coming out. They want somebody dressed up as a clown uniform. They'll want somebody to get them people off of their couch. They'll want somebody to quit beating their doors in and busting the window lights out don't you sit there and look at me with that smirk on your face. You know it's the truth, friend. This is the hour we're living in. Why? Because our nation, something has happened, friends. Something has happened to our nation in the last six months. We have turned a corner. We've moved into another realm. I'm sure you understand it. At the same way of the revelation of the Word, God has allowed a 
Ghost to take a step higher in his word. But when that happens, always you watch it as the Spirit of God moves and you watch the enemy that he will be allowed to come in like never before. But I say, come on, devil. Do what you're supposed to do so we can get out of here. But I'm going to tell him right now, I'm going to torment him every day I've got. I was born to torment hell. I was born to cast out devils. I was born to lay hands on the sick. I was born to preach the word. And I'm going to do it, praise God, till I breathe my last breath. What about you all? Y'all going to live right, do right, walk right. Why? Because that's what you're called to be. Oh, my. Notice the word imagination. The Hebrew word signifies not only the imagination, but also the purposes and the desires. So everything of their heart, and the word heart, inner man, understanding soul, inclination, or resolution, determination of will and conscience. Now notice verse 6, how awful that the, the earth, what a, a condition that it had got into. And the scripture said, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Now the author here, Moses, takes a word that, that would be able to bring God down in our thinking. This is an act or a word of condescension by which Moses would choose a word that humans would read it and be able to relate to it. Now it's not that God had to come down to an altar and oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. God knew exactly that this would come. But look what the word repented means. It means to be sorry, to suffer grief. Repented does not suggest that God changed his mind for his changes. Instead it means that God was sorrowful. So here it is spoken of our God. It has got a great big old long word here. Anthropopathia. Y'all say that with me? Yeah, right. Anthropopathia. That he would change his conduct toward men. Which is what we do when we repent. We change our conduct toward men and toward God. So God is not saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Man, I messed up. I wish I had never done that. No. But God is now going to change his conduct toward the man that he's placed upon the earth. And man's behavior had reached a state that God was so sorrowful. Oh, my. I wonder how he feels tonight. And the Lord said, I will destroy man. God is love. He's the very epitome of love. What, what the condition must have been, Brother Darrell, for a loving being like this to be moved to say such things, I will destroy man. It must have been horrible. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Look around, and you'll get a pretty good idea of what it was like. Now, thank God that the bride will not be here during the tribulation period. I personally don't know how bad it'll get. I don't know how far we'll be allowed to go into things before the rapture takes place, but we know the bride will not suffer the wrath of God under the vows, right? But we could see some things as far as pressure. Who knows exactly what it'll be. Notice, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. 
both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me. And the word here, I will destroy, literally means blot out or wipe out by washing. Wipe out by washing. I will wash them away. Lord God. The lower creatures on the earth that had done no wrong. The elephants, the giraffes, the monkeys, the horses, the cows, the sheep, even the birds that flew in the air, none of them had done anything. But because man was placed over the earth in that place of dominion and control, everything under man would be destroyed and annihilated. Lord God. Notice this, the prophet said that same old devil that caused Eve to disbelieve the word of God and done her evil, come right back around and took the children of Seth and let them see these pretty women of Cain and they united again. They was not infidels, they were not communists, no, no. They were believers. They said, now perhaps maybe the Lord might do something or all this like that. They, were, they thought they were doing what was right. And what did God have to do? Wipe the whole thing off. Had to wipe the whole thing off under false union. He had to send a flood and destroy the whole bunch. Judgment come on for that false union. Judgment struck Eden because of a false union. A false union brought judgment on the earth to Adam and Eve and Eden. And a false union brought the floods. Notice now what brought this. It was not just the line of Cain. But when the sons of God married them. Oh Lord Jesus help us not to compromise in this age we're living Oh my, false union brought the floods of God's judgment on the earth because the daughters of Cain flirted with the sons of God and they fell for it. United together again. There you are, false union, nothing could happen. What did God do? He destroyed the whole thing. All but precious old Noah and his family. So eight human beings got in the spirit. And millions times millions got under the influence of the netherworld. Here they were in this realm. And hell began to vomit out its influence. It's been in different cycles. For whatever reason, God has allowed opening and closings, as it were, of hell. Releasings and bindings. To its demons were able to break such judgment and devastation. And then they would be held back, as it were. And now it was that the mind of the human beings on the earth had become so full of violence and corruption and hatred. Notice in Genesis 6.11... And the earth also was corrupt, which means to destroy, corrupt, go to ruin. 
decay, to be marred, be spoiled, be injured, be rotted. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Violence. Now, do I believe that no doubt we have some bad cops? No doubt. Guarantee you. Probably one of the first people that will tell you have bad cops is a good cop. That's right. We have bad moms and bad dads. Bad dads. We have bad preachers. We got some bad lay folks. But I don't think we should go around and burn people's houses to prove our point. Should a black man or a black woman or a black young man driving down the road being pulled over by a white cop, should they feel inferior, more afraid than if they was a white person? They should not. They should not. They should be treated the same way. Whether they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, Aboriginal, whatever they are. Amen? But you know as well as I know, a lot of what we're seeing has nothing to do with what I just mentioned above. It is demons that is taking this opportunity to move on people in this unrest and this time we're living in. Love friends, it's the spirit of the last days. We would never be able to convince the world, but it's because we're moved up close. Oh God. It's because we've moved up close to the five, the last milliseconds of the bride's countdown. And it's coming so close that the world must be in their place. They must be under their spirit, which is the spirit of destruction. They must be under their spirit of violence in order to be destroyed. Oh my. Notice this, the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So the inhabitants of the earth became so corrupt. They were both corrupt in practice and in principle and in morality and in every aspect of life. They had no consideration for their neighbors or the people they lived around according to Jarchi, J-A-R-C-H-I, one of the ancient historians. He says that uncleanness and idolatry, they were corrupt in the worship of God, worshiping the creature more or beside the creator. They were corrupt in their manners, in their behavior to one another. They were guilty of fornication and adultery and other enormous crimes against God and against their neighbors. And they committed these things openly, impudently, without any fear of God or any dread of His wrath. Now notice it's important that you understand tonight these people were not just doing these things against God but they were doing it against other human beings that they were living with on the earth. So they had no care. 
They had no conscience something was in them about other people's lives, other people's property, other people's things. Praise the Lord, saints. They really did not care. All they knew was they fought violence. They ate violence. They lived violence. This is what moves them. This is what motivated them. Why? Because violence was fixing to strike the earth. You see, God cannot do such a major destruction as he did then and the one we're fixing to experience, which is even more worse and more cataclysmic. Our loving father could not do such a thing until man would be in such horrific state on the earth. It would take so much trespass to the grace and the great magnificence of our God to ever bring him to this stage. There's no way we can imagine how the world must have been in order to override the grace and the mercy of God. Oh, how can we ever comprehend in our mind he who wants man to be saved so much that it's not even his will that any should perish that he would go after one even whose name was Cain that would say worship like your brother do what your brother does and I'll accept you he knew he wasn't revelation he knew he wasn't seed but he said just do like he does just go to church with him and, and then just do what he does I'll accept you I'll make a place for you that's how much God wanted people to be saved then what would turn this attitude of God that God God would say, I am sick of it. I am going to destroy everybody. But this many eight people. Lord Jesus. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. So they were doing injury to one another. And injury to one another's property. They were violating one another's rights. They cared nothing for no one but themselves. Now, of course, there was tyrannical orders from the head down, of course. And we know that actually... Oh, I didn't stand planning on going this way, but let's go. Actually, up to this time, the righteous seed of God had lived on a holy mountain. They had lived on the holy mountain. And as men began to get away from God, they started receding and going down off of this mountain a little at a time, little at a time, little at a time. Until they got down in the valleys where the cities were. And by the time that God spoke to Noah, everybody had left the mountain. Except for Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives. Here they were living in the mountain of God all by themselves. At one time, they had neighbors of the sons of God all around them in their communities, Brother Darrell. But they all forsook the mount of God. Hallelujah. And when they left, they left something behind. Morality, love, truth, respect, honor. 
people think it's just our doctrines. Look at the folks who's left this message. Look at those who's pulled away from this word. It's not just they've left behind serpent seed and the doctrine of this and the doctrine of that. Look at their lives. Look at how they twist and look at how they lie and look at how they manipulate and look how they do all kinds of things. Look, they have lost their morality. They have lost honesty. They have lost integrity. You cannot move from the mountain of God and take a great honorable character and integrity with you because there's something in you that is making you get off the mountain of God. It's because you are characterless. Not more. Lord Jesus. So they become so corrupt. And so violent. Now watch them as. As Noah begins to build. Watch their violent behavior. Toward him. They laughed at him. They ridiculed him and made fun of him. What's their violent type of attitude? It must have been something in that day. I imagine humanly, Brother Sam, it would have been a little bit frightful. Now let's just be frank and honest tonight. Those things happened in our nation in the last few months that is frightful. I sat in the office yesterday of a, of a banker here in this area. He's a nominal man, nice man, Christian been a while since I'd seen him and he, he began to talk. He said, what do you think about what we're going through, where we are? So I just let him talk a little bit and then I, I began to share with him some of these things that I was going to speak tonight. And I watched him as he sat there and his eyes, as I looked into his eyes and fear gripped him, Brother Jim. He said, if you would have told me six months ago some of the things that we're seeing today, he said, I would have laughed at you. He said, but today I see it. And he said, I don't mind telling you, it has made me afraid. It has made me fearful and I'm ashamed because I feel fear. Because I've always believed that if you had fear, you didn't understand faith right. I said, my friend, this is only the beginning of sorrows. It's going to get worse and worse and worse except it will come to pass. It won't be a little small scale. It's going to get larger and larger and more unrest. Come on, saints. Oh, no, I'm not trying to scare you to an altar tonight. If you don't want to come to the altar because you love the Lord Jesus, don't even come. If you don't want to live for the Lord because you love him, then don't even come to love him because I cannot live with you. I cannot go home with you and be able to go on your job with you and keep my finger pointed in your face and try to scare you. I don't want to preach to you a God out of fear. I want to preach to you a God that has so much love for you that you'll live for him every day of your life because you love him, not because you're terrified of him. And this is a side of God I do not want to see. Now, you've never heard me preach on the tribulation period very much here, have you? I've been here now for what, 32, 33 years? Have I ever took a series on the tribulation period? Have I ever taken service after service after service after service? Why in the world should I spend all of my time preaching on that when I ain't going to be here no how? And I'm hoping none of you ain't going to be here. But you imagine when the people were at such a spot that even what little bit of right and wrong they heard, it didn't even matter anymore. 
And then it becomes a world. It was no longer defined areas of what was right and what was wrong. And then, no doubt, it became twisted around that what was wrong became virtue to them. And what was right, you became a nut. They were engaged in fighting and arrogant behavior. One translation says they were engaged in fighting and arrogant behavior. Notice the prophet says it this way, looking around to nature of the people, seeing that they're in the spirit of the last day. They had to get in the spirit of the Antiluvian world before they could be destroyed. God have mercy. So they couldn't be destroyed until they got into the spirit of lawlessness. Remember, friends, these people in this day did not want law. Open your eyes and see where we are. They had to get in the spirit of the Andalusian world before they could be destroyed. They have to be in the spirit of war before they can have war. God, let us be in the spirit of Christ tonight so we can have Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting in the spirit. So people, a nation, can't even have war with another nation until a leader or a wannabe leader, whatever it goes to, you know, brandishing their swords and rattling their sabers, and they go to making their speeches and so on, and they become a mouthpiece of hell. They become under a demonic anointing, and they become a voice of Satan, and they go to rallying the people. What are they doing? Promoting the spirit of war. And when they do, they pull their nation under the spirit of war and their young men and their mothers are able, they're willing to send their boys straight off to the front. Many of them beyond a shadow of a doubt knowing I'll never see my boy again. How can they do it? They move under the spirit of war. If that leader does it and the people don't, they'll never have a war because you can't have a war with one man. Well, praise God. But oh my, what do they do? Get They get into that. Oh, friends, if, if a man can do that in war, it ain't no wonder Satan's fighting the ministry like he's never fought it before because he knows the true men of God can get under the spirit of the rapture. If they can get under the spirit, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost, of the resurrection, and they will preach that to their people. What will you become? Raptured, resurrected, changed by the power of God. But if I preach Fussing and fighting and arguing. What are you all going to do? Fuss, fight, argue. Oh my. Notice in verse 12. God looked upon the earth. Now it wasn't like that God hadn't looked before. But it's like the condition had deteriorated to such a status. That God looked with such intent. God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Oh, I want you to notice this. The Arabic writers say that after Enoch was taken, 
the children of Seth and of Cain worshipped idols. Everyone as he pleased and were immersed in wickedness and gave the right hands, which we know as fellowship, to each other and joined in fellowship and committing sin and vice. And then in the times of Noah, none were left in the holy mount. But he and his wife and his sons and their wives all went down below and mixed with the daughters of Cain and were immersed in sins and worshipped strange gods. And the earth was so corrupted and filled with lasciviousness. The Jewish writers also observe that the generations of Cain were guilty of uncleanness. Men and women like beasts defile themselves with all kinds of fornication and incest. Everyone with his mother and his sister and his brother's wife and that openly in the streets. Sancho Inato, the heathen historian, the writer of Cain's line of history, says of the fifth generation before the flood, that the women of those times without shame lay with any man they would meet with. Lord God, how could God bring such devastation? This is how. How will God let our nation be annihilated in fire and earthquakes? Because our nation, the most blessed on the earth, has turned her back on God. She started from 57 and she's went downhill since. The prophet said, you're in flesh and red light. If you're taking the original Greek, the, the word meaning says, I've got it wrote down here somewhere. They've taken under them wives. The scripture we read there in Genesis. Taken under them wives. In the Greek, I looked it up this afternoon. It didn't say take to them wives. It said took to them women, not wives. Now you check that, the emphatic dialogue, and watch to see if it isn't true. Taken under them women. They just took just as they were free lovers like we have today. Other words, they were lovers in that day just as they are now. They went any way they wanted to and took any woman that they could. And in the days of Lot, women were so low in their morals until they were not used as women should be used. But they were perverted until it becomes so common. Women's become so common that man lived with man. The natural perversion from the sex cells changed its position because women Becomes so cheap. My goodness, this makes me appreciate daughters of God. Notice Matthew 24, 37. The Lord Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Until the day. Look how blind they were. Until the day until the very day 
that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You imagine in their time Satan reigned supreme in the world and converted the earth into a province of hell. Remember when the prophet was sitting right there in the Tucson mall, many of you have been there, the very same mall that still exists to this day. On the escalators, his wife was going up and down through there. And he said, there I was. Back in hell again. He saw them women coming up and down the escalator with that makeup all over the face. Remember when he was a 14-year-old boy, he'd been shot. He was nearly dying. Going in and out of consciousness. Blood draining from his body. And he went down to hell, lost. You remember the story? He said, God, if you let me live. Oh, God, if you let me live. He said, I I scream for mama, but there's no mama there. Call for daddy. No daddy there. Call for God. There was no God there. And then people, them beings coming at him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And here they had these markings on their eyes and their faces. America had not turned into that painted face look when he was 14 years old. So it wasn't widespread. Coming from the hills of Kentucky, he probably hadn't even seen it before. But there he sat in the mall in 1964, 5, whatever year it was, 63. And there it was, he was in his mind, back in hell with them creatures. So what was being war in hell when he's a 14-year-old boy? Now he's sitting on the earth. And hell was back here on the earth again. What's it coming to do to make the earth once again a precinct of Hades? Oh God, how many more days will it be? How many more weeks or months or years before our Lord Jesus says, no more? It's become so filthy, so ungodly, a place of such pressure. There's racial injustice and social injustice and all kinds of injustice and all kinds of killing and all kinds of things that are so rotten and corrupt. I am not going to let my sweetheart live there another day. Children, let's get ready. Let me read this and I'll close. It's the spirit of anything that does the work of it anyhow. The people have to be in this kind of a spirit to bring the latter days. The people's in the spirit of the latter days. The nations are in the spirit of the end time. Atomic weapons, hydrogen weapons, all kinds of things. 
Because it's the spirit of the day. The people are in the spirit of the end time. The church is moving together under the power and the impact of the Holy Spirit. And the world's running out yonder, making fun, scoffing, laughing, living like the devil every day. It's the spirit of the thing. Again, he says, the people are in the spirit of the last days. Just like they was in the days of Noah. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, unconcerned, don't care. Now you see, it's easy for us to identify and say, oh, the spirit of the last days is drinking and doping. Oh, but that's only part of it. You see, part of the spirit of the last days is to get a don't care attitude. I don't care about going to church. I don't care about reading my Bible. I don't care what mama says. I don't care what daddy says. You're on your way down the mountain. You see, all these people that we see doing what they're doing, every one of them have a don't care attitude. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want police. I don't want that. Friend, I mean, you just look at where we are and you think, Lord, how do we get to this? How do we get to this place? Whoever thought we would wind up where we are? No wonder Jesus says, this is the beginning of sorrows. Let's stand together. The people are in the spirit of the last days, just like it was in the days of Noah, eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage, unconcerned, don't care, walk around on anything else. And these American people is the worst on the face of the earth. So listen to us Americans. This is the spirit of our nation. But that's not our spirit. God's going to bring some Americans that's going to be bride. Praise the Lord. But this is part of what you'll face. You're going to be called out of the worst nation on the earth. Well, come on, don't get quiet on me. This is what your prophet said. The Americans are the worst. Well, praise God, it'll be a greater work that I come out. It'll be a greater work that you come out. Where'd you live? America. Lord, have mercy. America. You mean you lived in America and come out? Every day I come out. Absolutely. I was an overcomer. I didn't live in the Ivory Coast. I didn't live in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I lived in the worst nation that there was on the earth in the last days, and I lived an overcoming life. I lived in America. Oh, we're going to celebrate freedom and all that sort of thing and shoot all firecrackers. Our nation's in the worst bondage it's ever been. Aren't you glad you're free tonight? Praise God. Let me read you this verse here. And I'll tell you, when I read this this week, I was just, I I was left breathless, Brother Darrell. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And one of the meanings of perilous is hard, difficult times to live in. By reason of the wickedness. They'll be troublesome. Very afflicting. Distressing. To pious minds. Anybody relate to that? What I found more amazing was. This word perilous. Is the exact same Greek word. 
in the book of Matthew when the man in the tombs in the place called Gadara in this demonic graveyard and Paul chose that word the word we use as perilous to define the last day a demonic graveyard it ain't no wonder you're feeling what you're feeling children you know what I'm talking about you feel as well as I do what is it? It's a gangrene. It's a poison. You just feel it. You just feel it around you. You know what I'm saying? You feel it at work. People don't know what to do. People don't know what to expect. We just, we just don't know. And it affects our pious minds and our pious hearts because it's perilous. It's like we're living in this demonic graveyard. The Scripture tells us in the book of Revelation that they would not repent of their sorcery. That is not the practice of witchcraft. As a matter of fact, if you will click on that word sorcery, it will take you to the Greek word, which is where we get the word apothecary from. And it means drugs. They would not repent of their drugs. You imagine a man 2,000 years ago writing about our drug addict society. And you can tell them they're destroying their life and they'll go right on with it anyhow. Ruined their marriages, ruined their family. They don't even care. Come, Lord Jesus. I've prayed it since I was a little boy. Come, Lord Jesus. But i got to be frank and honest with you. I ain't never prayed it so much as I have in the last three or four months. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord God. Father, we feel it. Lord, as I look there and sat in that man's office in the bank yesterday I thought poor guy I couldn't keep from feeling so sorry for him I've talked to him several times before and I've never seen a man stricken with fear a very confident individual but it was so sad and so pitiful he said you know Donnie it just makes you afraid to go out you just don't know what's going to happen I would have never thought. I said, but the Bible says it would come this way. As I began to share with him, and I saw this look come upon him, and his secretary knocked on the door and said, I don't want to interrupt you, but your next client is here. And he said, oh, I wish we had time to talk more about this. Lord Jesus, hide us, Father. We're living in this demonic graveyard. These demon spirits are loose in every direction, Lord. They can't get our soul, but they fight our bodies and fight our minds and our homes. Help us, Jesus. Perilous times. Oh, sweet Father. Come, Lord Jesus. Come take us from this place. 
I imagine by the time Enoch got ready to go home, they'd already started moving from the mountain. No doubt he tried to talk to some of his family and tell them, don't go down there. Don't go that way. But they said, I'm sick of this. I'm getting tired of all these do's and don'ts and living up here. Y'all got us all bound out. This ain't nothing but a cult up here in the mountain. I want to move off this place and get down there. They're having a big time. I see them down there every night with their big parties and stuff. But the time that Enoch got ready to go home, it must have been heartbreaking. He could not have took the days that Noah lived. He was a man of such heavenly mind, of such heavenly soul. It would have brought such depression to him. So you made a special getaway. Praise God. The bride, there's no way she could live through no tribulation period. She's not appointed to it anyway, but what all will break loose on this earth and the rottenness and corruption, it would grieve the bride to death. It would grieve her because she loves righteousness and purity, faithfulness and truth so much. We couldn't stand it, Lord. We don't know how much longer before it reaches to the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites is full. Come, Lord Jesus. Take us away. I know, Lord, we got loved ones. I know we got this, that, and the other, but I, I, surely most of us have come to a recognition to know if you tarried for 150 years, some of our loved ones wouldn't be in. You're not going to save them. Because we want them to be bride. Or they may be wind up being saved, but they won't be bride because we want them to be. They're bride because you want them to be. Oh, Jesus. We don't sing the song, wait a little longer, please, Jesus. But we're saying, come, sweet Jesus. Come take me away. I really don't belong here, Lord. I want to see your face. The more I hear about your loveliness and how great you are. What a contrast between you. Oh, what a contrast between what we heard your Sunday morning and what we're hearing here tonight. How could it be? The light's so brilliant, so beautiful, so clean, so pure, so holy. And then tonight, Lord, to hear what we're hearing. Oh, Jesus, help us. It shows we're still mortal and affected by these realms that you could send it to us. This is your grace to us, I know. To help us to see that you love us, you understand. You understand the oppression that we feel, the darkness that we feel around us, the gloom, the heaviness, Lord. You understand it much better than we have. I pray for your children tonight around the world, Lord. Lord God, I've got so many minister friends, Father, and they're going through so many things. I personally have never seen such a time. And there's been such an onslaught against ministers, either the ministers of the minister's wives or the minister's family. Lord God, I pray for them. I pray for your men, Lord. Lift up their hands. Encourage them, I pray, Father. Lord God, anoint them, I pray, to get in the pulpit and preach the word like never before to bring your bride under the spirit of rapture, under the spirit of encouragement.
under the spirit of faith building. Praise God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, O oh God. We bless your holy name, Father God. Can we just lift our hands in his presence for just a few minutes before you get to go? My, it's so good to be with you. Just so good for us to be gathered together. Let's just take a little bit of time just to worship him. Oh, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we, we don't feel at home in this place anymore. Lord, we, we thought we knew our home. We thought we knew people. We thought we knew what America was and what Americans were. But Lord, we, we realize we don't. We, we don't know humans anymore. Some of these people could probably say they don't even know some of their family no more. What they're seeing come out of them. They, we don't even know them no more. It's because of the Spirit that people are getting under. Oh, Jesus, and if we see it affecting them in a negative way, then, Lord God, may it affect us in a positive way. May people say about us in a positive way, I don't even know them anymore. I don't even know them no more. They're changing. They're, they're, it's like that they're just so in tune with something else. They're, 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 I don't know what in the world's going on with them. They just talk about Jesus and want to leave and want to get out of here. And Oh, God, may people see the effect that this heavenly atmosphere is having on our lives, Lord. Oh, I know we've got to live in this world. We've got to do our jobs. We have to make a living for our family and so on. But Father God, help us to plant our potatoes to be ready every day, Lord. We want to plant our taters, that's right. We want to take care of them like we'll eat them. But Lord God, we want to live as if though them taters will be left right there in the ground. Hallelujah. Every day, Lord that we can be changed by the power of God. And there's only one way we can do it, and that's get in the Spirit and let the Spirit get in us. Glory to God. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship Him tonight, saints. Oh, sweet Jesus, we bless Your name, Lord God. Lord, forgive us, oh God, for getting under any influence other than the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, 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 Lord Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take me from this place. Hallelujah. We don't belong here now, Lord. I want to see Yes, Lord Jesus. After John seeing all those great things, that's all he could say. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. I want to see you, Jesus, come to Everybody now.
You know, sometimes I think because we see by His grace, 
that we really don't realize just how blind the people are. Just how much darkness that they're in because we see light. And when you see light, you really can't comprehend darkness. What a grateful people we are, friends. If, if this was all we had, what we heard tonight, what a miserable people we would be. But I'm so glad that tonight we hear these things, but I, I don't identify with that group. I identify with this group. Aren't you grateful for that, that God in His sovereign grace has allowed us to see these things that we can, we can and, and, and to the world, we're the ones that's crazy. We're the ones that's a cult. We're the ones that's lost their mind. But we're really, as our nation gets ready to celebrate its independence, we're really the only people that's free. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What a privilege it is tonight to know that this don't apply to us. We've got our escape route. David said, unto our Lord belongs the issues of death. If you look that word issue up, it means the escape. He owns the escape from death. Amen. He's the exit door. He's the escape door. He said, I am the door. Amen. And he's given us a call to step through that door into the ark of safety. What a blessed people we are tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Does it grieve our hearts? It grieves me. I stood in Sedona here six or seven months ago. I'd preached out there and I was... Got a little place I like to go to when I'm out there. And I was standing out there by myself and just looking at the beauty. Any, anybody been to Sedona? It's just such a beautiful place. And I began to weep. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for what this nation has done to this country that you've given us such a beautiful place to live. Amen. And the things that they've It has to be, but it grieves your heart when you see these and now you understand why it grieves your heart. You can see why he has to take us from this earth. Because our character is so much like his character. What a privileged people we are tonight. That we can take our children and say, don't worry. The tokens of blood. The blood is on the doorpost. Let the death angel pass. Are you grateful for it tonight? Thank you, Brother Donnie. Let's just bow our heads. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we just bow in your presence tonight, Lord. We're just so grateful in our hearts that you have revealed these things to us, Lord. Not that we deserve it, Lord, but only by your grace. And I thank you tonight from the depths of my heart, Lord. I remember as a young man, I went down to Knoxville, Tennessee, raised my hand, joined the army, Lord, because I wanted to defend our great country, Lord. God, I grieves my heart tonight to see it. America, Lord, and yet, Father, we know every kingdom must give way for the kingdom that will never fail, Lord. And I'm so grateful tonight that I'm a part of that army, a part of that kingdom, Lord. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, we bless for the sins of the nation, Lord. We weep, dear God, because of the sins of our nation, Lord. 
Oh God, I pray that you'd hide us under your blood, that you'd hide us under your wings, Lord. We're grateful for the hiding place we found in you, Lord, the issue of death, the escape route, Lord, that we could step through that door into the ark, Lord, knowing, Father, she'll crest several waves, she'll take us safely to the other side. And Lord, I pray tonight if there'd be one, God, not ready for that moment. Lord, here now on the way home tonight as they kneel beside their bed, wherever it would be, Lord. May they settle that, Lord God, we pray. And then Lassie can come in and the book can be closed and you'll call us to be by your side. We long for that hour, Lord. How we thank you for the word of God that we heard tonight. Father, may we take it into the depths of our heart, Lord. May we meditate upon the things that we've heard, Lord. May we examine our lives in light of the word, Lord. Father, may we never leave that holy mountain that you have placed us upon, Lord. Bless Brother Donnie, Lord. I, these things are not easy to preach, Lord. It works on your flesh when you go home and you lay down. But God, I pray you strengthen our brother and comfort his heart, Lord. Those that are sick among us, God, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus, by the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave, may that same anointing move upon them tonight, God, and may every symptom leave them, we pray. Lord, we commit this service into your hands for your glory. Go with your children now, dear God. Take them safely home, we pray. God, you see the things that are coming upon the nation this weekend, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, Father. Keep your children safe, we ask, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. Do you love him tonight? Isn't it good to be in the truth? Isn't it good to know the truth tonight? Amen. Brother Harry, sing something again as we get ready to dismiss. May the Lord richly bless you. It's certainly good to see everybody again. Amen. Lord, we are your people, preparing now to be your bride, pure and holy, for all the world to see. Clouds of angels take us all away to the place that you've prepared and never ending day. Come, sweet Jesus, take me from this place.
see 